Welcome, everybody, to the Not Very Good With Words extravaganza. We're joined by James Beater. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> and Zach. Mr. Taters, can you feel it oh. yet? The talking slow and the awkward atmosphere. It's perfect. It's very weird. It, it, it's kind of surreal to like do this on webcam. Yeah, it's nice like to see your guys' faces all the time here. Uh, I have a great show for you this week. It's uh, it's something about video games and something about this other guy over here. Hold up, I can't. I could barely see him. I thought you said you got rid of your shitternet, or is that your webcam doing that? I can't see him. Oh, it's just like really blocky. Unless I was to say everyone looks fine to me. I can see everyone clearly here. Oh, really I can see blurry. Austin. I just can't see the guy that he's talking about in the back. Oh, you're being stupid. All right, just carry on. <laughs> um, before we start, dude, I wanted to say thanks to Astro for editing the last podcast. She really Ooh. saved us. Uh, I also want to say thank you to Cade because we did a bad job with him last week. Uh, so, Mr. Taters. Hi. Tell me about yourself, sir before I open up the pit of despair and drop you into it. Oh no. Uh, so hi, uh, my name is Zach or uh, Taters or Mr. Taters, whichever. Um, I'm a game developer, uh, currently working at uh, Deep Silver Volition and working on uh, so my own indie project as well as I've uh, worked on an uh, indie game in the past called uh, Rogues Like Us. How much are you able to tell us about what you're working on at Volition? Not a lot, really. Can you it tell is, us what is, you're working on? I'm pretty sure I can, but I'm also a little paranoid about it. But uh, so, I mean, I can say it, we are working on a a Saints Row game. That's what I can say. And then beyond that, I think that's pretty much all I can say. Can you tell me if there's a dubstep gun? In it? <laughs> I, I can't say anything. What are so, you making in your personal time? Uh, yeah, so I'm working on a turn-based RPG. So something kind of in the vein of Paper Mario, Final Fantasy X, and Undertale are kind of like big inspirations on it. Uh, do you have a name for it? Yeah, uh, currently the name for it is called Memory Leak. I don't know if that'll stick, but I think that's kind of what it's going to be in the end. Does it have something to do with RAM? <laughs> kind Hopefully of. Hopefully there won't be any. Hmm. What's the art style that you're going for? Are you going for like a 3D or like 2D side scroller thing like Paper Mario? Yeah, so I was going like, I was thinking it'd be like full 3D. Okay. Uh, I, I do think like similar to like, like Paper Mario, like or any of the, the games that I mentioned, it'd be probably like overall kind of room based as you'd move from like, you know, an environment to environment. So like that'd be like the main structure of it, but it would be like full 3D, like all the characters would be 3D. And I was thinking like it'd probably be like somewhat cell shaded, like not quite to the degree of like Wind Waker, but uh, like a little bit more toned back from that, but kind of like had that cartoony sheen on a lot of things. Uh, what game engine are you going to be using? Uh, I'm using Unity. Okay. Uh, what's your opinion on Unity? Like, generally speaking, I like it. It does kind of have the issue of, and I, I think the most recent version has kind of alleviated this a little bit, but I've still kind of run into the problem where Unity, like, seems to, like, start up a lot of different features and then not exactly finish the implementation of them. They give kind of give out preview packages of a lot of different parts that some of them are kind of feel like they fill a similar niche like like currently like they've had like they're like new sort of ui tools that have kind of been under development for like a year ish but like you can sort of grab them but like you can't actually do anything with them it that's a little weird but i'm starting out kind of negative because generally speaking i like unity quite a bit it generally gets kind of a bad rap because it's one of those things of like it's very accessible so a lot of asset flip kind of games get made with it yeah but like you know all sorts of good stuff is also made with it uh, like you know like most recently like fall guys is a game that was made with unity oh i didn't know that was in unity <laughs> me neither um what do you think of like c sharp as a programming language for game development because i know that's what unity does and personally, I've only ever used C-sharp for like, you know, ASP.NET stuff. So it's kind of weird because you might actually, you probably, you may actually know more on this than I do because I'm, I'm not primarily, or at least I haven't primarily been a programmer in the past. So this is really the most I've used of a programming language besides like uh, GameMaker's language. 
Um, okay, yeah, and, I think I know what that is. Yeah, no, I mean, generally I like C-sharp. It's, it's just hard for me to compare it to really anything else because I haven't really seriously done any, attempted really any kind of game development besides with like GameMaker the one time. And I, yeah, so I haven't touched like C++ or, uh, I don't know if Python's really used to make games much these days. I, I wouldn't assume so at least anything big since C or Python's got like a lot of overhead so it's not really like low level enough for it to be like really optimal for fast running code. Ah, uh, okay. It, uh, like uh, specifically because I know with like Python it does some like really weird stuff with your variables where like there aren't like technically variables they're just like a bunch of like objects that it makes so that's like how you can get away with like oh yeah my string can also be a number for some reason. Okay. Uh, me and Peter, like, Peter recently, like, got on the dev team. Uh, oh, yes. Me, uh, cool. For the game, I was making it Unreal, and we spent, like, two weeks trying to figure out how to get it to work, where we could edit everything together, and then that all fell through, so now we're starting over in Unity. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't really like, un I don't know, like, when I was... I just don't like the Epic Games launcher at all. It just runs so slow for whatever reason. It's like I'll click something and it takes like a couple seconds for it to like change the page or like scrolling through feels really choppy. Not sure what's up with Epic Games launcher. So I was glad to be able to uninstall it from my computer. I'd gotten really used to Unreal, but man, it had some problems. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a thing where like every engine has a whole lot of strengths and weaknesses. Like I feel like the, the I was going to say four, but now I'm blanking out on like what I meant by the fourth one. But like, because I know that there's like, you know, of course you got Unreal in terms of, like, yeah, free uh, game making engines. You have like Unreal, you have Unity. I know people, I know some people have been talking a lot about uh, Godot recently, uh, like Game Maker Studio. And then, I mean, there is a, definitely a bunch of others. There's the trade off of like the financial costs between them both where Unity is a little bit more like you kind of don't have to really pay much at the beginning, but then, you know, you kind of got to buy uh, pay for pro if you want to like have access to certain features while un like Epic is kind of or Unreal, which is owned by Epic. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like you don't have to pay. Well, you don't have to pay anything at all to get access to everything. But then like later on, they take like a flat percentage. I think it's like 30 percent, 40 percent of whatever you earn. They uh, just take. No. I don't think it's that extreme. I'm thinking of Steam. Steam takes 30% oh, of what you are. Yeah. 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 I think they've like lowered it for like big AAA developers. Like, and then Unreal does kind of like a whole thing where it's like, or maybe I'm thinking of the Epic Store, which is 12%, and then Unreal, games made with Unreal is always they take 5%. And then it's like, if you have your game in the Epic Store, that 5% gets rolled into that 12%. But what I was going to say is, yeah, I recently did actually make a small project with Unreal. And like, I'm, I'm sure it would, you know, if I spent more time with it, I'd get used to it. But like, there was a lot of it that just wasn't really clicking with me. But this is also me coming from the background of like working in Unity through from like all of college. So like, like eight years of being like, yeah, this is cool. this is what this is the game engine that I use. This is the default game engine. It's fine. Yeah, um, like my big problem with it was there's not a whole lot of documentation out on the web that's really new. Everything was like from like 2014 and not answered on some form. This, you're left hanging out way back when and we just like couldn't find any answers like with the uh, collab project Unity has like a whole collaboration add-on you download and work together with and Unreal was like they had things like that but they wouldn't tell you what they were and I was had people on Twitter telling me about like you had to have VPNs but sometimes don't those don't work. So having the, the other person in the same house as you might work uh, to be on the same network. And I was like, well, that's not a possibility. Peter lives 12 hours away from me. Yeah, it's quite far. Um, what was it? Um, like, uh, I, I'm not going to ask specifically about the the game you're working on, but I'm just like more curious about like the development process that you guys go through, like uh, like code review or like the repos you guys use. So like, oh, um, 
uh, at Volition. So, um, actually, first question I have is, uh, do you like log into like a virtual machine at Deep Silver or like Volition to like get your work done when like during work hours, or do you just use your personal computer? Uh, yeah, you mean for like how we've been doing with like yeah, uh, yeah, work, with work at home. Yeah, um, yeah, I, Volition I think has been really good about how they've been handling this. Like it was like pretty early on they were it was like when things were starting to get kind of kind of rough that they were like it's like all right there's a work from if you guys want to do and then like a week later mandatory everyone go <laughs> home it's like all right fair enough uh yeah yeah we we use like an application to like so i'm signing into a computer that's like in the office and I'm, I'm hoping that none of this is a problem that i'm talking about this i don't think it would be but <laughs> well if it is we'll take it out in the podcast yeah, yeah, it's we all edited. edit stuff out. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I'm sure it's fine. But yeah, so that's, the, we've just been working remotely that way. I, I know some people like have, you know, have brought like their work mach- machines home with them. There's, I think a few people that do work in the office that kind of can only do their job from there. But at this point, it's like so isolated that it's not a huge deal, I'm sure, because there's only like maybe a dozen or so people in the office. Now, um, is this so I'm pretty sure like Volition, like which is part. OK, so is Volition like a side like studio from Deep Silver or are they like are they Deep Silver? So, yeah, th- this is kind of like the whole history of like uh, Deep gets into the whole history of like, uh, you know, companies owning companies and Deep and like all that stuff, because like so, yeah, Volition is technically owned by Deep Silver, uh, and then Deep Silver is owned by THQ Nordic, I believe, and then THQ Nordic is owned by uh, Embracer Group. Okay, yeah, that's quite a few branches. Um, Normal THQ isn't around anymore, is it? Yeah, the original THQ did go bankrupt a while back, and then I believe what happened is Nordic uh, slowly kind of acquired a lot of THQ's old properties, and then kind of, yeah, sort sort of like, yeah, just kind of rebuilt that brand and rebranded themselves as THQ Nordic. I really only know THQ from uh, them making all the SpongeBob games when I was a little <laughs> little little man. Yeah, for um, the the remake for Battle for Bikini Bottom was pretty good. Uh, now, when you got onto um, Volition, did they like tell you they're like, oh yeah, this is what you're working on, or did you like have a choice in like what project you wanted to work on? Uh, I don't know if I should say anything about to, okay. in regards to that. Okay, yeah, I just like know that like at places like Valve, they like have like a list of projects, and they're like, hey, hey, employee, you do you. So I, I didn't know what other companies were like. It's on a whole lot of companies like Valve. That's true. Um, so are you allowed to talk about like, uh, what repository you guys use? Like, uh, if you guys use something like Git? Oh, uh, I, I don't feel like this. I feel like this is a common application, so I don't feel like there's any problem with me sharing this. Uh, we use Perforce. Oh, okay. Um, this one, I, I feel like probably won't be able to be answered, but I'll ask. Um, is the engine that you guys use like an in-house engine? Or is it like you guys use like Unreal or something? I know that yeah, one might not, be a little bit. I'm not bit. sure if I can. I'm not sure if I can talk about that. Unfortunately, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. I I, I understand. There's a lot of. I I mean, like uh, like you said. Yeah. Well, we don't want to land you in like federal prison for. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe you'll go no. to video game prison where you have to <laughs> hit A and W to escape really fast. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, you get stuck in a quick time event for the rest of your life. Oh god. <laughs> um, Fate worse than death. <laughs> <laughs> have you this, seen that I'm Spider-Man pretty, GIF? Or the Spider-Man quick time event where you miss the uh, event so you fall down flat on his face and then the building blows up? Yeah, you yeah. In, that would be you in the prison. And oh God! Just relive that. Yeah, I can't um, hit the A button. It's broken. I don't know. So this one also, because I know like the next gen consoles are coming out, and I assume that you guys would have to work with them or like have some kind of like dev thing that you get, like dev console you guys would have to work on. But then again, I'm pretty sure you can't answer that one either. Yeah, I can't comment on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, this one I think you can answer because you worked on other projects involved with this. But like, for example, like when you worked on Rogues Like Us, like when it came to like programming controllers, was that difficult? Um, yeah, like 
that would mostly be um, mostly be something that I didn't really handle. Although I def I did I did do some finagling with it. I think when I had to do some of like the most recent patch for rogues and. Yeah, kind of, uh, because it was like it, it was just like how the UI was handled. It was like very uh, there was like, you know, cases for each UI set, depending on the controller. So there was things I had to kind of like plug in and change. But that was kind of me monkeying around with code that I didn't really make. And I just was kind of like going in there and like piecing things together after the fact. Um, what? Rogue, Rogues Like Us was developed in Unity, right? Uh, I actually wanted to ask a little bit about that. I wanted to know what all you did on that game. Were you a programmer? Were you music man? I think you told me one time you were a music man. Uh, partially. Uh, I did, yeah, I did a few songs for the soundtrack. I didn't do all of it, but uh, yeah, I did, a, I did a lot of different things on Rogues. Uh, I made a lot of the weapon art for it. Uh, I made a lot of the armor sets. Uh, I wrote a lot of it, like 90% of the writing. Uh, did a bunch of the animations, animated a few of the enemies and like all the character animations that you see. I'm trying to think of what else. Made a few a few sound effects here and there. Uh, I did piece together some of the the buildings, like uh, like all the interior artwork that you see, like when you go inside, like the, all the, the different buildings. Uh, that I made all that, so I was kind of just all over the place on it. How long were you guys working on that game? Uh, so I'm trying to. So it would have been two years after the Kickstarter, and then it was largely like you could even argue it's like so two years on like kind of rogues more properly like when it was kind of becoming like what the game is today and and then we worked on it like for it originally started as like a school project that was like our final for uh the game dev classes at uh, msu um so we ended up working like for the first like it was like originally like what they did was they would for like our capstone project it would be you would work with like your team uh would work with a outside studio or company and you'd work with them to develop some kind of project and it's actually really cool in this kind of like weird full circle way like i wasn't involved with this team but volition is actually like one of the groups that does work with the msu students and do that and like while i wasn't in the, that volition group i actually was on the team of the volition people that were helping the students this year weird full circle uh but yeah so we started it and that that became a game originally called dungeoneers which is unfortunately no longer playable because it was kind of tied to a central server and it was kind of this whole weird thing of where like everyone played a character where everyone played the same character like leveled up the same character it was an interesting experiment and then eventually we made like the offline version of that which is similar to it and i still have like i'm sure the demo version of it which is like the what where rogues was starting to become like rogues in that it's like its art style shifted a bit uh and like the same that character model the initial like now the like you know the main blocky character model that you see that kind of came into that then we just kind of kept working on it uh pretty much like a member of a group proposed like hey we should maybe try doing a kickstarter and see if we can develop this more then yeah we, that worked out uh, a lot of like family and friends like kicked in as well as you know people from around various people from around the world which was crazy because i remember like yeah like just seeing you know backers come in from or like you know sales being made in like you know, like japan or something and it's like oh wow this is really surreal this is really cool um and then yeah we worked on it for from like the end of 20 or 2016 to like first quarter of 2018 and then we released I think it was like in may um, what's your opinion on MSU's like a uh, game development like uh, program? Because that's where I'm planning on going because right now I'm going to like the community college right next to MSU and then I'm just like working up on my computer science degree so I can get those credits to transfer over to MSU. Just save some money. Like, overall, I thought it was good. Like, I, yeah, no, like, I, I think like all the faculty there did a good job. There's definitely an element of like, it's like, I think everyone did a good job teaching, but there is definitely an element of like, what you're putting in is what you're going to get out kind of thing. Okay. Um, and I do know that currently, like, like, well, I 
didn't you know study under them but i know that the, some of the like the people there are like very good at what they do and the people that were there when i was there were also very good at what they do um but just like i think it's one of those things where like as i'm leaving it's just like it's like look at all the cool stuff they're getting ah or it's like yeah there's like a big like this big center room now uh that was mostly just kind of like a large uh lecture hall kind of room that's in like the middle of the communication building that got all converted uh into like this big kind of like it's actually well that got converted into this big kind of like it's got like big glass windows now but it's like it's basically a big tech lab and there's some really cool stuff in there it's just like where like they have like really high-end computers uh they had access to like cintiq tablets uh, i think there's like a small there i mean there's a small like mocap studio in there and it's just like all this really cool stuff that's like yeah didn't have access to that but yeah no overall like really positive things about my time going through the program there did you um ever go to like sparta hack like the hackathon that they hosted there at msu i didn't do that but i was part of because at that point like i was it was like programming oh god i have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> uh i'm still kind of like that but it's like i kind of maybe have a bit more of a grasp on it but i was part of the uh the game development like club there uh sparta soft i'm trying and, to I think do, like game jams and all that stuff i think you're the only person i would like know that was a part of it like the game development club i don't think i know anybody else that's in it I i'm trying to think i don't think i do because most of the people i know at msu and like computer science and stuff are like part of like the mobile app development stuff or like web apps or physics simulation I think it's really interesting because like that's where I want to go and I was into like towards game development because I've spent a lot of time in like business stuff like developing web apps for like the community college I work at. I don't like it very much anymore. I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool working with all these like JavaScript. Um, what was it? JavaScript APIs like Angular, Node but I'm bored of it. I want to like, I don't know, games, I feel like I would never get bored of. So not like, not just because of like playing them, but like I always find like the process of like, I don't know, I'm, I'm like a computer hardware nut. So I would love to be able to do some kind of like optimization programming where I get to work with like some lower level stuff. That's that's my goal, but who knows? I'm, I'm so glad there. you decided to be on my team because I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not because I think like you've done game development, Zach, and uh, like what what's the most important part when it comes to like making sure your game runs well? Oh, that's I don't know if I could really answer that question well, because honestly, I don't know. But um, I guess um, well, I guess one thing that I do know is just like general kind of good programming practices, like, you know, keep your updates, uh, your update functions like as minimally minimal and as clean as possible, since those are things that are, you know, running every single frame, like, so, like, 60 times a second, potentially. I, yeah, so it's, I want to say it's just, like, use as much as you can, use the minimum amount of resources, or it's, like, you know, particle effects, anything like that, like, or, like, any th object that you're you know spawning make sure it gets deleted or removed which now that i'm thinking about it there's like i know there's like a whole thing with that where it's like you don't want to where i think like if you don't delete things in the right way things can like i think like cache data can build up i'm not really clear on that i'm st i'm still learning a lot personally because it's you know it's just such a huge topic and there's like so many different disciplines that go into it so like now that you work at like volition i'm i'm like when it like in programming there is always somebody like that knows more than you is that like ever really intimidating for you or like does it ever make you like uh anxious like that you're like oh my god i i'm not like at the level i need to be because i feel it all the time where i am because like there's people in my department that have been like doing this stuff for like I don't know, like 30, 40 years. And they're like, oh, yeah, I remember when I used to program in COBOL. And I'm like, huh? I, I know what COBOL is, but I would not be able to program in it in for the life of me. Yeah, like uh, that's no, that's that's definitely a thing of just being like is where it's it's crazy, like how much people know, because like I, I can say like, what I do currently. Um, uh, so my uh, stuff that I've done at Volition is I've done, I originally got hired on for uh, for QA, so quality assurance, and then moved on to uh, helping out with uh, vehicle art. And currently I'm kind of, I'm doing some stuff with character art. So kind of, it's kind of 
character art currently, but also a bit like tech art in that regard. So I, I, I can't be, very, I don't know how specific I can be on that, but uh, I, I help the existing art assets kind of get into the game. I'm sorry, uh, getting back to the yeah, main question no, I, there. I mean, um, I, I, we've already found out enough. Confirmed, there's vehicles in the game. Oh no. <laughs> there is a game in the game, we know. Yes, there's a game. Shoot, what was it? like? I was, I'm like sweating for a moment where I'm like, oh, oh god, can I actually can I actually confirm that? I'm like, oh wait, no, no, we, we talked, like, I, I was able to be on like Volition's stream a while ago and I, I could talk, I talked about that role, so I was like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll probably run some of the things I'm talking about by a friend later on and be like, was that fine yeah. to say? And I'm, I'm sure most of everything I've said is totally fine, but, um, but yeah, no, like absolutely. There's that's always a thing where it's like because there's so many people that are super smart that volition and just you know wider like games as a medium where it's just like it's it's crazy to see like all the things that people make and it's always just like it's like yeah since I'm I'm very much just kind of like I feel like a jack of all trades that it's just like wow look at all these really cool things that I don't know how to do yet uh but you know one day so it's so kind of like programming with me right now in general where I'm just kind of like, you know, picking away at that now with the game on kind of a daily basis and just definitely learning new stuff every day. Um, James, did you want to say anything? I don't know. You haven't spoken in a little while. I, <laughs> I, um, I just could <laughs> see, down. I could see in you how, how excited you were and how invested you were into this. So I was just like, beater is having a, having a field day with this. Dude, so I, I could ask questions now. for days. Um, because I guess it's probably kind of evident here, but I am not, um, I do not do game development in the slightest. Um, my you do play is, games though, right? I do play games, I do play <laughs> games for sure. And I spend a lot of time with a trading card game for sure. Um, but I actually wanted to ask you um, on our, we had some, some of the questions here. Um, yeah. What is, what was the influence behind wanting to become a game developer? Um, was it like a, like a game specifically, or was there something behind it? Uh, and what led you to, to do what you're doing today? I, I don't know if there's anything really super specific in terms of like a, a moment. Uh, I do remember a moment where I like finally kind of like had an understanding of like how games were made and it kind of blew my mind where it was like, oh, this is really cool. Uh, it was just a general kind of thing of just like, well, this is something that I really enjoy doing and I kind of want to do something that involves like, you know, some like, like more like some kind of like artistic field. And this seems like a cool way of doing that. And like, I always thought like 3D was really cool. And it was just like kind of a lot of those interests um, kind of coming together. And then I was just like, well, okay, maybe I'll see if there's any college programs or any programs in that I can learn to do that. And, and it was just like, it's like, oh, MSU has like one of the best programs in the country. Oh, it, they're like two hours away from me. All right, I guess I'm going to try to go there. <laughs> nice. Um, so that's kind of how that happened. But for me, there's always like a moment of like, God, what, how old would I have been when, and I'm thinking, trying to remember like how old I would have been in like 2004 and do the math real quick. Uh, you would have been 10 years old. <laughs> Uh, I, yes. I sure know that. So. You do? Um, yeah, dude, I know everything about Zachary. I know his oh, name no. prior to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll worry about that later, but thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so, yeah, little, little, little baby, baby Mr. Taters. Um, like, we got Halo 2, like, the we pre-ordered that, and it comes with, like, this really cool making of DVD, uh, which those are all, like, all those documentaries for that are still available, like, online, which is really cool that Bungie, like, put them all up so you can just watch them. And it was just this really cool behind the scenes of just how they made Halo 2, and I was just like, wow, it's like, oh, oh, that people make video games. This is how they make the video game. Cool. Um... Yeah, so that's something I always remember, just being like, wow, this is really cool. I remember I watched a few few of those for like Final Fantasy 13 and stuff. I really, really enjoyed that game. Um, I guess another question. So you mentioned the artistic style and that piece of game development. Um, so my brother, he, um, he used to 
at some point, he kind of goes through different phases where he likes different things. And at one point in the past, he used to really be into, I don't know if you've ever played Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, and it has- I haven't. Whole, you haven't? Okay. I, 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 I'm familiar with the general part of it. And, mm -hmm. but also I've been like, because I'm such a, I, I, I just, I, I'm the worst when it comes to spoilers and just avoiding them. Cause I'm just like- Oh yeah. So like there's there is kind of like a blank space where it's like I actually did buy Tactics a while back, um, but like and I've been meaning to play it, but because like everyone's like, oh, it's one of the best in like anything Final Fantasy, and I'm like, yeah, I should get to that. I should get to it. Yeah. Um, but I remember watching him. He would um, like just making a sprite and all of its animations. It was just like he had i don't know what the program was but it was like every single sprite was just there and it was just like every single one there was just like a minor difference and i yeah. i just feel like it's super tedious and as is, is does it ever feel that way when you're doing the art for things or is it something that like you enjoy all the little the differences and making the style and, and kind of putting your own personality into it. Yeah, it kind of it kind of depends, I'd say, or for me personally, on just like what element of it is. And yeah, just as like an aside statement where it's like, yeah, sprite art is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like there's some like, you know, if you like look up like just super like old, super detailed, like fighting game sprite art, or even there's tons of examples of like amazing modern day sprite art. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it kind of depends on which, I guess, which part of the process I'm doing. And then, you know, a, a lot of it can be like, if things are clicking, then it's like, yeah, this is really fun. And I can kind of get in the zone. And But then there's sometimes where it's just like, oh, no, this is just causing all the, like all these technical problems are now cropping up. And yeah, which like I have a friend of mine who's like a really good uh, tech animator, which is like he's responsible for a lot of programming, a lot of tools uh, as well as uh, rigging. So like, you know, setting up skeletons for uh, characters so they can be animated as well as, you know, animating too. And like, I, there's so much I need to like learn from him where it's like when I get to the point of where I'm starting to make characters for my, my, my game, where I'm like, I have so many questions about how to make good character rigs. It's very complicated because that's a whole that's a whole beast. And that's a thing where that can be pretty frustrating when things are going wrong, because it can just be like, oh, well, this node didn't connect to this in the background somewhere that you had to bring up this other panel menu in Maya to, to know that that was even going wrong. And it's just like, oh, OK. And that's why you're character just like starts you know you know like their limbs start inverting yeah <laughs> when you play an animation it's like oh no do a lot of your friends at volition like do they work on their own like indie projects like aside from working there i'm i'm not entirely sure actually i do know that volition is really good and like really fair about the whole like they really do encourage like yeah you can work on side projects like that's totally fine i think the like the general deal is just like uh they get first right of refusal if you're seeking a publisher yeah that's fair worst case at that point it's like you have them as a publisher I, so <laughs> that's pretty good um <laughs> well shucks man volition is my publisher what or a I mean, shame like, <laughs> you know, or, or i mean i guess worse, sorry worst case would be like you know they say no and then it's like oh okay well whatever they yeah they they don't like out anything that sounds pretty amazing because like they're really big company too so or like not big well i don't know about big but like they're a pretty rooted game development company i feel like deep uh, silver is pretty big yeah I, I didn't know if like definitely well wait okay hold up because i asked it earlier and for some reason i just like my brain like blanked out like for a second but like just to clarify again that like they are the same right like volition and deep silver uh oh uh i guess I, they are, I want to say separate, and I might be wrong on this, but from my understanding is they are separate companies in the sense that like there wasn't a merger, it was Deep Silver acquired Volition. So it's kind of like, yeah, Deep Silver, like, so the previous thing isn't less like, uh, you know, it's more like Deep Silver owns Volition sort of thing. Okay, uh, and yeah, that's, that's what I thought. A separate entity. Because I know like Deep Silver, like when I think of them, like the first thing that comes to my mind is like Metro, like the Metro games. Uh, yeah. So because they were the publisher for them. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, I didn't know they made the Pathfinder stuff. That's cool. Yeah, Deep Silver's Deep Silver's they published a lot. a lot of things. I guess they I have did. another. Oh, go ahead. No, go, go ahead, buddy. Oh, I did. Uh, I had another question for you. And this one was I personally put this one on the list uh, because I have spent the past few years playing a lot of them. And a lot of them are there's a lot of mixed feelings about them. Um, how do you feel about early access games? Um, and the reason where this question is coming from is I uh, I spent a great deal of time uh, playing Daybreak's H1Z1, um, which was an early access game. And it just had, and even now there's another one I'm playing from a different company. And they both just have, it's like these games have so many problems and um, there's a team behind them doing their, you know, they're working and doing their thing, but it's just, I feel like a lot of games come out now that are early access and it just feels like they're just not ready. They get put out anyway. Um, you have any experiences like that or anything that you care to share on that topic? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just that, like, just generally, like it can be pretty tricky with that because especially with kind of like, it's it's sort of like that weird kind of blurred line uh, with some, some games that are kind of like, that already feel like they're kind of going to be games like I think that that kind of comes as like you know games as a service has become more and more of a thing. I think that's some sort of like almost at least in some of the bigger online early access games. I feel that that might even be like kind of where things started to an extent, where like you know like things like you know like PUBG did that. I, was PUBG actually early access on Steam? It was early access on the Xbox. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah, was, yeah. It, was it early needed to be on there Steam too for a long time because it was janky and weird i don't is it, it is it out is it a full release now i think so well, PUBG? it definitely yeah. is yeah. on the xbox because so yeah so in the case of like yeah so it really it really kind of depends because it's like that's such a kind of like broad sort of category or at least especially in terms of like the online things which are online games which are always being updated and trying to be improved in like a general kind of thing but uh in the case of at least i can tell you with rogues because rogues did launch as an early access game that actually did really help us because we did get a lot of feedback from people that like had comments about the the art style or specifically it was it was specific specifically the uh the lighting of the game or like or is what what people called the lighting but really what it came down to was the art style and more specifically like the colors of the game so we kind of had to interpret that feedback and kind of understand what people meant when like the game felt like really dark and it was mostly because like a lot of the game used like these gradients uh gradients of color of it would like go like you know darker near the bottom and lighter near the top and it just made the game like kind of uh just dark looking overall you know a couple members of like the rogues team are like all right like sat down and like figured that out and really i think did like an awesome job with that because they're like we're gonna basically recreate like the entire color palette of this entire game and like you know you know figure out the color palettes of all these environments and, and it's like yeah turns out color palettes are really important uh yeah so uh learn lesson learned going forward and that like made that game look just so much better so that was like one thing we took away from that as well as like you know various bugs and weird things that we found and like the game as itself as a whole just kind of evolved like the general design went from that and it was always good to see like people checking it out as it was kind of in production and it kind of gave us a bit of a second wind too when we did finally release like the full version so it, it yeah it kind of depends because like i'd say it just really varies from case to case because definitely like i mean at least like with steam Certainly, like the early access thing, I feel like it's definitely supposed to be like, you know, kind of a big warning of just like, yep, this is certainly not finished. Hopefully it will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I'd like to think that most people that are doing early access like are are really trying to, you know, get the game done and make it as good as it can be. Yeah, because I remember before they like had early access, they're calling it Steam Greenlight. I don't know if you guys remember that. Which was kind of the original curation process. And we did actually yeah. go through that. Although we went through that at the time when a lot of things were kind of just getting in pretty easily. And uh, yeah, now that's just kind of completely gone. And to get on Steam, you pretty much, like as far as I know, you kind of just have to go through like a general like application and like pay a hundred bucks. 800? I didn't know you had to do that. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, 800. 100. Oh, okay. Sorry. Because <laughs> um, Critical did that video where he played, you know, he was like, 
Someone asked him what the worst game he's ever played, and it was that $200 game on Steam, which has like one level. <laughs> walk and like hit, beat some guys up, and then the game ends, and that's like it, and it's $200, and it's on. I mean, you could go buy it right now and play it, I think, unless I, something okay. happened in the past week to it or whatever. I, I, was here's that my early theory access? with that game. I think it's early access, but my theory with the game is that it's like a front for like some kind of money laundering. Good point. So I wouldn't Dude, be just surprised. Just like H1Z1. <laughs> um, I think I remember Steam Greenlight being taken down during the time like Valve was like purging all like the hentai games from their their store. Well, they didn't do a very good job with that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're doing something because I. I'd, I might be wrong here and I might be misremembering it, but I swear they were like the big reason they got rid of Steam Greenlight was like because of like all like the porn games and stuff that were getting put up on there. And Steam was just like, we don't want this as like our business Im image. So they like started purging stuff. I don't, I don't I know remember if I'm remembering the time. that correctly. It was right after PS4 started getting all these like really awful titles. Some dude at Steam came out and said, uh, as long as it's not illegal, you can put whatever you want to in our store and we'll be completely cool with it. I'm, well, I can't imagine why they would take Greenlight down to just say we're opening up the floodgates. Please. Yeah, I I think I think part of it just kind of became, <laughs> you know, Steam and Valve probably or well i don't want to say probably because i don't know the the reasons for why they did it but i i it might have been just because green light just it was getting pretty it wasn't getting it wasn't like super hard to get through green light for the most part like as it kind of reached its later in life as far as i know might be incorrect on that but that's and then i think it just kind of came down to just valve being like ah well let's just kind of cut out the middleman on this and you know just kind of like let people put their their games up which you know that there's a whole thing with that where it's like you know for better or for worse because it is great that you know everyone can pretty much get their game on steam now if you want uh because it was very much kind of this very curated closed kind of garden kind of thing when it started until it slowly you know kept expanding and expanding you know then the downside of that is like it's like well that that just kind of is it's just really hard to find maybe exactly what well it's not necessarily hard to find exactly what you're looking for because you just search and their search is pretty good but it's you know there's just tons of games the whole thing is like standing out i guess you know from an indie dev perspective of being like yeah you just gotta is kind of what it comes down to which that's not easy either so uh -huh. it's it's that's a whole thing yeah it's like trying to um, be a popular twitch streamer dude there's like oh there's thousands of other people competing with you as well dude uh it's like trying to be a popular podcast you make a tweet <laughs> and four people comment on your uh, tweet saying come listen to our podcast instead uh, oh gosh people Oof. doing us dirty um zach what is what are your some some of your favorite games man or is there anything you've been playing right now that you've like really been enjoying uh so i've currently been going through uh, uh paper mario and the origami king or i guess just the origami king whatever um but um yeah so I, i've been enjoying that quite a bit so far i think i'm kind of reaching the like last third of it or so and uh that's been good uh i did just start up like a friend of mine beat ff7 remake uh recently and he was curious about like yeah he wants this wanted to see the original so i've been playing through the original uh with him i just started that the other night and it's kind of crazy that just that as a thing where it's like uh if like you know if like the hours we're, we're going for like where we're tracking it is like it's like yeah wow the the remake is just like is like like we're gonna get through basically the entirety of like the remakes uh part of the plot and in like oh, yeah. the the four to five hour mark where it's just like which the remake is like you know 40 to 50 hours long or so and it's just like it's like yeah it really is like 10 times longer yeah. <laughs> for this part like expanded by times 10 um but yeah no i i, I really love the ff7 remake uh that's probably my current game of the year um but uh yeah so that's been fun to go back and do that uh i've been playing a, actually yeah this is worth mentioning uh, i've been playing a ton of cfus with my friends uh <laughs> really like that and uh yeah those have been most like the most like kind of like recent games but uh yeah no i mean want to talk about like favorite stuff ever that kind of thing i down to do that too um uh, yeah so sure. i mean i'm so a huge fan of like the halo games oh yeah halo uh 
Man, I, actually, like, favorite favorite games are tough, so I'm just going to throw out things that I like. Uh, I love the Resident Evil games. I'm really excited for to see more of RE8, or I guess Resident Evil Village. Uh, there's supposed to be a bit of that at, like, the Tokyo Game Show, I think. That's kind of like what the rumors are saying. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but, like, that's what people are saying. Uh, so I'm excited to see more of that. And it seems like it might be kind of like Resident Evil 4 2. And I'm really like, that'd be awesome. Where it's like a more, maybe a more, um, maybe a little bit more action y version of RE7. But it, like, it seems like the, the early screenshots I'm really happy with, where it's just like, I loved uh, RE7 in general. So it's cool seeing an, another first person game coming out because we did have the remakes of 2 and 3, which I did think were like really good overall. And like, there's some, there was like a couple things they were teasing and it's like oh my god they're bringing back the the, the attache case resident Evil 4 yeah <laughs> inventory tetris i'm so excited <laughs> yeah i love tetris and uh, i can't i really want to see what they do with the werewolf people because yeah. that's weird and very capcom like but i still want to see it yeah i'm i'm I've been really happy with like I, re I really as I mentioned like I really like just what the the direction they took with seven in terms of like kind of bringing things back down to a smaller scale and kind of introducing like these just like different enemy type yeah like I'm really interested to see because it's what's great about the title of Resident Evil or Biohazard is it's just like that could be anything or it's just like it's yeah whatever fits the bill of a biohazard in some way so it's like sure sure lycanthropy or something similar to that why not vampirism I guess sure just <laughs> seems to be like like kind of vampires and also werewolves are kind of being teased a bit or like so, you know something that i'm sure is another thing but like that seems to be kind of like the aesthetic they're going for and i don't know what else it seemed to be almost like which this is another game that's like on the big to-do list of like games that i know are fantastic and i need to play which is bloodborne there seems to be kind of a, like a lot of that bloodborne aesthetic going into re8 and I, i'm down for that i played bloodborne a like probably like a couple years ago because i bought a playstation 4 for, for when Spider-Man PS4 came out. And then I also got Bloodborne. I played through both of them and then sold it. So it's kind of a shame because I kind of want to play Bloodborne again. But I think Dude, Bloodborne is so good. I'll um, pull out my like, gun and parry you right now. If you're <laughs> not careful. I, I wouldn't be surprised. You are from Texas. So mm -hmm. um, I think there's like Sony's got some like streaming service called Play or PS Now. And it, you can also get it on PC. So you can like stream PS4 games to your PC. And I think Bloodborne oh, cool. is on that. What? Yeah, I'll look it up. That. It's called PS. It's called PS no but yeah you can i, I think the, bloodborne the is on streaming it. part that's cool i think everything on ps now oh. is available to pc maybe what the fuck yeah you're right yeah i don't know if they have a download the pc app right now we're going yeah, it's ten dollars a month and you get like a huge list of like games not sponsored by the way um, <laughs> sony if you want to sponsor us by all means i'll take well, your I money. first episode of the bloodborne let's play <laughs> i oh wait and what is this about you becoming Aquaman. I see this question over here. Is this a reference? I don't know what that is. Uh, he was in his stream the other day. Oh. And he said he only watched water movies and video games for like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like there was just like a weird thing where it was like a week or two ago where it was like, wow, everything I've been doing right now is that like a weird nautical bent to it where it was just like it was like the a weirdly appropriate double feature. I don't know if I'd recommend watching these <laughs> movies back to back, but I did, um, which. Yeah, which was I just one day I was like, I just wanted to catch up on some movies. So it's like I hadn't seen, you know, Aquaman. Um, so it's like that's on, you know, on demand for like, you know, Xfinity, Comcast, all that. So I was like, OK, I'll just turn that on as I'm working on stuff. Uh, it's like, yeah, it was, it's fine. Fine adventure movie. It's like but the thing was like, and it's like and then I'll watch uh, The Lighthouse. Oh, is The like Lighthouse a, is so good. Yeah. OK, so uh, yeah, so kind of a uh, yeah a horror movie and what i was actually didn't realize at the time i was like well one there's kind of a lighthouse in aquaman that has of some significance minor but it's like yeah okay it's like there's that connection right there of course obviously the ocean and all that but then it's like oh willem dafoe's in both of these movies huh <laughs> okay and then i was just like and then recently i was like I i'm gonna start off a playthrough of this other game or like some other games that i need to catch up on i was like i never beat the original dishonored and that entire game has like this kind of nautical horror bent to it in the background with like just the whole 
theme of like whales and seafaring and that's kind of the whole thing and then there's a bit in paper mario the origami king where you're going through like the ocean and stuff and then i've been playing a bunch of sea of thieves and i'm like what the hell's going on wow yeah man water things <laughs> up all right gosh i hate water levels in like every single video game I don't know if you guys know what wavelength I'm on, but like, dang, I think, uh, I think you're really not on the wavelength of the ocean. Gosh, I think it's from all the Legend of Zelda games I played because I like hated every single water temple or water dungeon because you're like, uh, I'm just going to move at like half the speed I usually do and it takes forever to do anything. I always hated them. Now, whenever I see water in video games, I just hate it. Okay, yeah. Peter, hear me out. In our game, the entire game is underwater. Um, how do I quit? Um, <laughs> shoot, there was an, something you said like made me like wonder about something and then I just like completely forgot about it. I'll, I'll think of it eventually. Oh yes, yes, Aquaman. Speaking of Aquaman, I saw that in in theaters with a friend because he used to work at a movie theater and he like was the proje the projector technician so we would get to like go watch movies in the at the movie theater at like 2 a.m like just me and my friend and we saw aquaman and that movie was so funny like unintentionally funny i, I don't know I, what was your impression of the movie you, you said it was like just like an okay adventure movie yeah no it's it, it's all right it was you know like there's there was actually a couple moments early on that i was like actually no like i, I genuinely enjoyed where it was just like it, it was i don't know like it was just kind of refreshing seeing like one well minor not i don't know um, spoilers i don't know uh, something with uh you know aquaman's dad in mm -hmm. it or just like one that he kind of just actually like it's just and i'm sure this is also in the comics and stuff but it's just refreshing to see like it's like oh he actually gets to have a kind of a, a good family relationship like he's on good terms with his dad his dad's like a genuinely good guy and stuff it's like this is actually really refreshing given like i don't know there just hasn't been a ton of that in superhero movies lately so it's just like yeah that's nice i mean there's there's also like things that it were like that maybe kind of like raise an eyebrow logically late like wait later on in the movie where it's just like when they're like they're having the the big battles going on it's like wait a second aquaman i think you just caused a tremendous amount of collateral damage that also just <laughs> impacted and like killed tons of your citizens as of like the next 10 minutes of the movie like that they're all gonna be like your citizens don't worry don't think about it shut up don't <laughs> cool cool, uh, cool giant monster don't think about it um there's one part where there's like the the, the antagonist he's like i will become ocean master and every time it makes me it, i just die laughing every time because he looks so stupid with the like the cg helmet that's like poorly fitted to his face i don't know i i don't know how many people here in this podcast have seen it so other than like zach here that's confirmed oh he's aquaman so he was in the movie so he knows exactly what happened i was jason jason momoa the whole time which i maybe got his last name wrong so you mean um, you got your last name wrong of but, course yeah <laughs> um did we want to move on to viewer questions soon or did we have... yeah we okay should now do um, you just want to go down the list or did we want to like go yeah let's just go list. down the list and we'll like well for the first one we can like answer really quick it's just like what happened the last step and that's what game me and Peter are working on we started over i spent it in another year or two that's a little generous yeah four more years four more years yeah but it we're working on it. Uh, the next question is, and I guess we can go around and answer it. It's, you have the choice between living at the North Pole or the South Pole. Which one do you choose? Mm. All right, let's uh, let's ask Zach first since he's yes, yeah. <laughs> he's. I think I'm gonna go with the South Pole just because there are people stationed in Antarctica, so I may be able to actually have like some normal life down there. <laughs> well, there is an obvious answer to this, but I'll I'll wait till the end to say it, and maybe one of you guys will get it. Okay. Uh, Beater. Um, I'll go ahead. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna say the North Pole because I can't argue with being like one of like Santa's like slave workers in his sweatshop. So Christmas rush season would probably not be fun, but yeah, I'm gonna say North Pole. You would get to drink all that eggnog. That would be really cool. Yeah, Santa's spiked eggnog. <laughs> Why he's jolly Gosh, that, so much? Now it reminds me of the what? What movie is it? Krampus? Uh, Krampus? Krampus? Uh, Krampus. Yeah, Krampus. 
Okay. Um, German yeah. speaker over here. Uh, so yeah, and I just remember I only watched like the first twenty minutes of that movie, but it was like really weird because I think it starts off in like Santa's like sweatshop, and like the elves are like all like sweating their butts off working, and then like Krampus comes and he like murders everybody. It was a re- it's really dumb. That's why I turned off the movie. Yeah, I was gonna say minus the mandatory overtime during the holiday season, the North Pole sounds <laughs> okay. Probably just normal forty hour work weeks, and as long as I get weekends off to do absolutely nothing <laughs> all right little nine what's the real answer uh the real answer would be the south pole because i don't think there's a north pole anymore like it all melted away Oof. you'd probably just be living in the ocean and being i wouldn't be any problem for zach because he's aquaman yeah but, uh, <laughs> for the rest of you you might have a hard time but you might see a polar bear swimming around with a bottle of coke so i mean that's something else too <laughs> that was a beautiful question. What's your greatest fear and why? Asked by Cutie Pie Four Twenty. Ooh, ooh. All right, hold up. Should we should we have some ground rules? Should we like with this question? Like, yeah, don't make it like sad. But <laughs> <laughs> I was right, scared of fire ants because I ate my brother. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> greatest fear is probably falling off something really tall. You would like fall and then you'd hit the ground and then you'd probably blow I mean, up or something. It's over. I mean, yeah. yeah. I guess it depends on how high, high up you were. If you fell off the moon and shot into the earth, <laughs> you probably die before you even got even close to the ground. Let's be honest. Well, even I don't think there's any air in, on the moon. Oh, okay, let's yeah. just say you're wearing a spacesuit though and you have oxygen. Let's just say. You'd, you would probably die way before you hit the earth because of uh, entering the atmosphere. Well, that would probably be scary if you were just like floating around and then you lit on fire. <laughs> I, I'm actually glad you brought up the, just the concept of space as a whole, just in terms of one where it's like, you know, in terms of a fear where it's like, it's like, yeah, this this isn't going to be like, you know, like, some, like barring some horrible catastrophe or whatever, but it's like, uh, yeah, actually, that'd be a pretty big one, which is like, yeah, just floating away into space. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty bad. That 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 might be the reason where I'm like, yeah, you know, I think I'm good on going to space. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could actually pass on that. Yeah, nobody can hear you scream in space, dude. You'll just be Yikes. up there. <laughs> yep. I, I'll go ahead now with mine. Uh, my my biggest fear is like drowning like i don't know like the idea of like not being able to breathe and stuff like really bothers me so and like being underwater like having like literally no option and you like just can't breathe it, it just seems really scary i i mine's not gonna be as serious but mine would be if i just didn't have any water if there was no more water anywhere anymore i woke up i went to the shopping center and boom there's no water on the shelves everyone's walking around all fine no one even notices i'm like guys there's no water <laughs> what, what what is it what did you say i feel like guys we're gonna die what water water <laughs> so that is my greatest that sounds like a pretty solid setup for like a twilight zone episode yeah <laughs> true i gotta grab this cup mid podcast and it's empty where's my water dude that'd be like the reverse of beater where you'd like reverse drown because you couldn't drink anymore but beater would be drinking too much what would be your dream home but what would be your nightmare home ask kevin james these. Wait, what? <laughs> In the perspective of Kevin James. <laughs> the nightmare home would be a house built out of mall cop DVDs, I guess. <laughs> oh, shoot. That's funny. Uh, my dream home would just be like some nice place. I was talking about the other day how water scares the fuck out of me. But if I had a house built underwater and you could look out into the ocean and see fish and stuff swimming around, that'd be pretty cool. And for my nightmare home, uh, it would be the same thing, but there was a leak. Zach, Let's, do you have an answer for this one? Uh, for dream home, it's that that's kind of hard. Um, I don't know, just a, I guess a fairly large house with like a nice yard. Nothing super exciting on that, I guess. For a nightmare home, it like I feel like that would have to be just like 
it, you, like everything is like slightly off or just doesn't work quite right. So it's just like this, you know, cal- calvacate of like minor inconveniences that just keep happening all the time. And, and of course, it wouldn't be consistent either. Like they'd have to be like slightly wrong differently each day. And then just to get really stupid with this, it's like, I don't know. And then just every day you're guaranteed to like step on a Lego or something. <laughs> just ev- like you don't know when it's going to happen. It just it will happen every day. Yeah, that sounds that sounds horrible. And at the end of the day, you get in your bed and you watch Mom Cop. That's exactly <laughs> every day. I would definitely want a home with like a golf course on it. You know, like where there's like a golf course outside. I love golf, so I'd play that every day. Um, I'd also want to live in a different country where like rally is a thing or like more popular because like whenever I talk to motorsports fans here, everybody's just like, what's a rally? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> I don't know. It's like trying French to find rise. like an American that doesn't like talk like it's so hard to find people here that like Formula One and rally like either or. So, um, yeah, I probably live in some European country. And let's also thank you real quick. I wouldn't want that big of a house. I just like want a decent game room and I also want like a room dedicated to like VR because I, I, I play my VR headset quite a bit. So I just don't have a lot of room, so I, I don't get the cool experiences everybody else. So that's about it for dream home. Fun fact, and, while you were talking about the Formula One, I saw like a GIF the other day where it was like extreme slow motion of like a car taking off and just seeing the way the tire looks for like a oh yeah it looks like the tire would just get destroyed but it just shows you how how neat tires are and how they function and stuff it's really cool yeah tires anyway yeah Yeah, michelin sponsor us let's see nightmare home i wouldn't no 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 so I, i have one in mind like my aunt uncle they used to live on this like farmhouse for a little bit like they bought like this mansion like really inexpensively out in wisconsin and i've been there before and it's just like there's like wolf spiders everywhere they don't live there anymore but when i like when we go to visit they'd have like wolf spiders everywhere like under the doorknobs too so like sometimes you like go to open up a door and you're like huh this door feels fuzzy but like i I just wouldn't want to live in like i wouldn't want to live in an old house because they're usually like noisy and like i don't believe in ghosts and stuff and we did talk about this once on like a podcast like paranormal stuff and um like i don't know just like just hearing noises at night would really bother me i would not be able to sleep just like from a creaky house that's pretty much my nightmare home uh, I'd like to add to my nightmare home. It would be uh, underwater with a leak, but there's also be a trap door every square foot, and you never know when they're going to open. <laughs> and this one's beautiful. It's uh, among all of us, all of us here in the chat. Who do you think would be uh, chosen to fight an alien if need be? James. Yo, I, would, James. I feel like James is like a closet badass, and he'd be so ready to fight an alien. I'm the kind of guy, like, sometimes when I'm here in my apartment, I think about, like, situations like if if someone was being held at gunpoint and what I would do. And I love to just fantasize that I would be, that I could do something amazing or life-saving in the moment. But realistically, no, there's just no, it's just, it's not the same. I'm not uh, When you would go out and fight the aliens, you just scream at them really loud. Like, you won a game of Fall Guys, and they'd be like, oh, shit. Uh, we're not fucking with that kid. Let me put this down <laughs> in my notes so I'm ready. <laughs> but if you guys have, cho- if the people have chosen me, I will go. <laughs> I will. Well, we don't know what Zach's answer is yet. He might choose somebody completely different, like the two robots that are sitting in our chat. It's a vote. No, I, no, I, I think you could take them. Um, <laughs> dude, everybody. You're going to go up. He's going to run away in terror and you're going to go into the mothership and take all of them out. What a deep question. Uh, I had asked for video game questions and we got all of these. Epic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess that does it. Unless you guys want to talk about some more stuff before I send us all off into our lovely weeds. I just wanted to thank you, Mr. Taters, for joining us today, man. It was really neat to hear about... um, game development you know on your side um i even imagine when you're playing games it's probably a bit different or you probably look for things or look at things differently a bit um so and shout out to you guys for you know you and 
the thousands of others who have made the countless games that we've all played and um, just game development's a really amazing thing and it's it's done a lot of good for the world so yeah oh yeah uh, thank you guys so much for having me this is a lot of fun say thank you to our theme song by Do we have a from... theme song yeah we have a theme song oh, we've had one that. for like <laughs> 12 weeks no way yeah well he means Wait, like the tune that plays at the beginning of the podcast okay i was just like yeah. what chill day what by like inspired yeah what do you think i was talking about like every time we talk it just starts well blah, blah. you know like when you i don't know you, when you go turn on your like saturday cartoons or something you have like the power rangers or something i don't know <laughs> uh we should get on fiber and make somebody make a theme song for us that would probably be kind of awesome where can we find you guys at well where can we find you zach uh your twitch channel your twitter yeah uh you can find me at uh twitch slash uh mr underscore taters or at my uh twitter which is at z Kleegan. uh that's uh z k l e g o n because i'm not gonna fault anyone for not understanding how to spell that <laughs> and uh, uh and what about this podcast does this podcast have a twitter account that it does i was waiting for everybody to finish talking before i talked about it uh twitter account for this is envy gww gww yeah. <laughs> uh where you can see me being attacked by other people to listen to their tr- trash podcasts hey, and you can send us viewer questions i don't care how weird they are i will probably read them well i do care if they're really weird please don't send us weird things <laughs> Uh, and if you're on YouTube, dude, subscribe. You're not subscribed yet? Bro, what are you even doing in your life? Probably nothing important. <laughs> yeah, that's like a way to get us unsubscribed. Uh, <laughs> All right. It's, uh, yeah. we good with things now? We're going to wrap up? Yeah, I think uh, we should all say goodbye. Goodbye. All right, yo. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.